0: In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips. And I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the twenty-fourth day of the first month, I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris. I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen, with a belt of finest gold around his waist. His body was like chrysolite, his face like lightning, his eyes were flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me did not see it. But such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at the great vision, at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me twenty-one days. Then Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. While he was saying this to me, I bowed my face toward the ground and was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips and I opened my mouth and began to speak and said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord. I am helpless. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, O man, highly esteemed. He said, peace, be strong now, be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened and I said, speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. So he said, do you know why I've come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of Greece will come. But first I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one supports me against them except Michael, your prince. And in the first year of Darius the Mede, I took my stand to support and protect him. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Howard Brown, the senior
1: pastor at Christ Central Church. Welcome. We're going to continue our uh, sermon series in the book of Daniel. And uh, like we've expressed before, we're kind of in the crazy part of the book of Daniel. Before here, we've kind of gotten a glimpse of what I would describe as more political history, if you want to call it that. Um, and now we're looking at some of the spiritual histories going on, or spiritual happenings going on. Um, but before we begin, I, uh, you know, Easter was great last week. I typically, um, strange enough, don't look forward to Easter that much, because... Uh, it can just sort of be so surreal, like in a holiday, special holiday season kind of way. And it's easy for me just to sort of get through the day. But man, the Lord uh, captured my heart. As I've heard some of uh, that He's done with yours, did with yours last week by the presentation of the good news of Jesus' resurrection and song and words. And man, those testimonies. Uh, we're something else. Thank you, uh, Knights and Monique, and, and to our children singing and praise to the Lord. Uh, God bless you, and thank you, Jamie, uh, for, for leading them, and uh, for all who made the Easter egg hunt a success, and Trina and Jeremy and Brad Snyder and Mark and Josie Barlin. It was a blast. Thank, thanks a lot. I uh, appreciate um, last week. But now to Daniel, right? From the surreal Easter resurrection talk, to what feels like an unreal vision here in Daniel. The Bible tells us, as has already been read in Scripture, that this is the third year of Persian rule after their taking over Babylon. And and some Israelites who were taken into captivity by Babylon had already begun to return home to Israel. And thus why we find Daniel in a three-week prayer where he's, you know, not eating anything that makes you want more. He's just chumping on some unsweetened granola, probably drinking some wheat germ in water, you know, no chicken or pork chops, anything like that. And we once again, like last week, see him abstaining from lotion use. Brother was walking around ashy. And especially in the arid region where he was, you could get kind of that, you know, eczema kind of rashes and stuff, lips all chapped. And by praying like this, he was expressing a need for God's cleansing, intervening protection and shielding from the elements that would shape or damage or bring hardship to his people. Because the transition back home like Daniel's chapped lips and ashy body, it was bumpy and foggy and had all sorts of hang-ups and setbacks. You know, there was fighting at home, even among God's people like crabs in a bucket, right? Over the new government back home reparational stimulus plan. And of course they probably get the a la DMV, you know, government customer service. But needless to say, things were not going as smoothly as they could, and Daniel was pleading with God to help them. The Bible tells us that Daniel was walking down by the Tigris riverside, and and something abnormal, no, rather something paranormal happens, right? A man appears and, and, and they said one who looked like a man appeared except this man was not just a man. If there is one description for him, for the, this being, this person that appeared before Daniel, I would describe according to how he was dressed as a super priest. Dressed in the familiar priestly garb, but overstated in brilliance, white linen, but also with this gold twisted belt. And then his body shone bright like glowing stone, crystallite, it says. And in his and his face like lightning, and his eyes like flaming torches, and his legs like burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. And no, Daniel was not at a parliament or earth, wind, and fire concert. It's the first thing I thought about. You ever seen one of those things? Okay, anyway. This was a pre-New Testament vision of Jesus, I believe. Therefore, as we look at this text, it could be sort of confuse, confusing, but I believe that this in this vision there are two beings. First, the one I would describe as the super priest, Jesus, and then the one who touches and speaks to Him in verse 10. The first, the super priest Jesus is in this heightened manifestation, a spiritual form. It is safe to say that Jesus, the often more hippie portrayed looking guy with sandals, with the robe. This is what, but that this picture is what he really looked like if you could see his spiritual representation. This is what he really felt like in power and brilliance behind the gentle earthly presentation he gave us in the Gospels. That he is so brilliant and so powerful and so magnificent that the folks with Daniel who don't even see or hear his voice run, they can just feel the power in the air and the man, the vibe is too powerful and scary for them and they get out of there. The Bible says that when Daniel saw and heard Jesus in priestly form, he lost all strength and his face went pale. And he went to sleep with his face on the ground. Okay, I think he, you know, maybe he fainted here. He he fell out. He got, let me be careful for our charismatics in the congregation, but he got slain in the spirit. But for real, okay? And, and re, re, now remember last week. I've been in these services before. They wouldn't stop pushing me, so I just went on down. <laughs> remember last week what I, what I told you about having an encounter with the risen glorified Lord. What it might do to you Y'all would have a conniption, man. If if Jesus showed up in all his glory and power, y'all would all fall out. How did I put it last week? We, would, we may even fall to the ground and start barking like a dog or something. We would go crazy. But if he didn't go canine crazy, at least like Daniel, you would faint. And the Bible says a hand came and touched him, whom I believe to be that of Gabriel, his angel buddy from the chapters before, and helps Daniel gather himself and then starts talking about how he was held up because there was a war going on in which he had to fight the Prince of Persia and how the chief Prince Michael, the other big angel, had to come and help him. So, sorry for delay, but better late than never, Daniel. I do have an answer to the prayer you're asking for. So, Ashy Man, listen up. I have some things to tell you because after this I've got to go another round with the Prince of Persia and then help Michael with his upcoming bout with the Prince of Greece since he had my back against the Prince of Persia. And then Gabriel gives the answer. If you want to call it that, as we'll see the next couple of weeks, which takes up the rest of the book of Daniel and what we'll explore later. Okay, what do you and I need to know from this almost comic book book? X-Men graphic novel revelation chapter of Daniel. Am I doing something? Okay. That this thing, this life we live and struggle in and with is bigger than us. It's beyond us. Because as this vision lets us know that that the spirit world that Daniel sees is no comic book and no movie. The spirit world with evil and demonic forces are at work and for real. And for it, God gives us for real spiritual help so that we can see and trust Him in this life. Now some of y'all may not be old enough to know, but for those of you who are, Y'all remember Poltergeist? It was on TV the other day. Oh, wait. You know, it came out back in 1982. Had the little seven-year-old girl in front of the TV fuzz screen. I think that was part two, right? They're back. You remember all that? That was the second one. Who who, who could feel the presence of spirits and all that stuff? All cause this family bought a new house built on top of some sort of graveyard at the convenience of the land developer. And then they brought in that kind of freaky looking four foot woman with the crazy voice that sort of called the spirits out. And in the course of the movie, all sorts of crazy stuff happens to the tree outside grabbing the boy out of his bed and stuff moving around and people's faces falling off. And then at the end, right, you see the spirits floating away in brilliant light form. And there's this, oh, un, you know, kind of unsettling but final picture of, oh, that's the reason the house and our daughter and all the stuff was moving around and making us go crazy. There were spirits in and under the house mixing in and moving our world. Man, I was like 10 when that movie came out, right? Then probably like 12 when it finally hit HBO. And, um, and I remember the first time I snuck and saw it, I was scared of everything, and I couldn't tell because I snuck inside. Howard, what's wrong with you? Why can't you sleep? I don't know. (laughs) Did you watch Poltergeist? No. I mean, there was a ghost behind and then everything, and then eventually it stopped, right? Right? I would watch poltergeists like a Saturday afternoon cartoon after a while. It became regular to watch these angry spirits begin to float around. But here's what I want to happen to us as we see what Daniel really saw through the word. That for some, that our eyes and hearts would be open for the first time to the reality of a spirit world. And for others to have our hard, over-spiritualized hearts and eyes be reopened and reconditioned to the reality of the spirit world. That that Guess what? See it or not. Ignore it or not. Feel it or not. Believe it or not. There is a spiritual world behind this one. We all, like that family in Poltergeist, are built and have built our lives and living on top of and among a spiritual world that though you may not know why stuff is happening, is causing life in part to shake and break and move and jump and bump around. There is a spiritual world affecting and intersecting with this one. And what Daniel's vision gets to see, you know, all the stuff that's going on with Persia and Babylon and all the things, he's seeing what's really making those things happen. As Gabriel talks about here. I mean, think about this. He talks in terms of princes. And he and Michael on one side, good. And then the prince of Persia and Greece on the other side. And it is clear by the fact that these princes have names of the countries that come in the power, not good power for God's people all the time, that there are evil spirits and demons and fallen angels infiltrating the very government powers that were on earth. Now, y'all thinking, is Pastor Brown going crazy? And then I'll go to the Spirit World Conference or something like that. You know, but I don't want us to go too nuts, but on this, trust me, I've been in the demonology classes back in my super charismatic days, right? Where I tried to put a demon name on everything. You know, Todd, you had the Burger King demon. That's what, the double cheeseburger demon. The Krispy Kreme demon. Whatever it was, right? We used to try to put, but this is not what God wants from us here. What he wants is for us to recognize that behind and infesting the earthly regimes, governmental, economic, or educational, artistic, or social, or sexual, or entertainment, dynasties, diseases, and famines of all sorts, sin issues, and bondages, and possessing evil leaders like the king of Persia mentioned here detaining Gabriel that these things are happening. That there could be and probably are spiritual forces, beings pushing and powering agendas. Let me pull back a little bit, right? That, that, that That's a little bit of an overstatement because, how do I put it? These demons or these princes here are viruses, right? They've infiltrated God's good plans for powers and people. To pervert and twist and drive them and produce and, and feed upon our own evil and broken and desperate hearts. They, they prey on humanity's brokenness and it works sometimes. There are powerful manifestations of things in our world and global and institutional that are just wrong. I mean, powerfully demeaning, powerfully greedy. Greedy. And abusive and dangerous and deadly to us in our relationship with a God who loves us. There are forces. Demonic terrorism, right? Forget cyber terrorism. This is the real deal behind all other terrorisms and all other evil isms that, that, that is this, that there is this fallen spiritual world behind ours and intersecting ours. The Apostle Paul later in the New Testament to the church says this, for our struggle in this world is not against flesh and blood, physical things, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, those that means that those Narnia... Those Lord of the Rings, those Matrix movies, they didn't come up with this idea of a world behind our own. This thing is for real. That as we see with Gabriel and Michael, who are said to struggle and fight with princes or demonic powers, maybe Satan himself, we don't know. But there are evil spirit world powers that cause us to struggle and faint and fear and have problems on earth. And this is what Daniel is praying about. And why he's three weeks deep in concern for his people. Because as this glorious, make you want to faint and run away, inducing effect on Daniel and the guys with him, among other things, expresses the degree of the battle spiritually and its effect and weight and results and strength drain Is too much for you and me to bear. That for God's people then and us today, understand that there are certain things going on around and with you that are too hard, too spiritually heavy. For you and me to handle in our own strength, whether it's institutional, or financial, or social, emotional, religious, in us or in our world, that can't be handled by mere behavior change or physical or emotional professional maneuvering. Because that, like what we see here is that things can be spiritually tied up. Things can be spiritually detained and bound up that, that can make us enslaved and blind and, and disabled to change a certain sin situation or, or a, certain abusive, a certain abusive situation or a certain financial bind or recession or certain national civil rights crisis. Because sometimes these things are beyond our immediate human abilities and doing. And so if we only see us struggling in it, if we don't get a vision and message and believe it like Daniel sees and gets about the reality and power and struggle of the world behind ours, if we seek to struggle in our own strength with certain things, with with spiritual forces of darkness, it only makes sense why and that we would simply, like Daniel, fall asleep or run away from the struggle that feels too big for us. Some of us, the struggle is so hard with with sin and issues and what goes on in this world that we've resigned to accept certain lifestyles. Certain lifestyles of abuse or poverty or injustice in our world or or all kind of mental issues. or, Or for some of us, besetting sins and addictions that we have fought for years in our own strength. I mean, sexual... Slash relational sin? Man, come on. The average church person has given up trying for sexual purity. It's silly and unreasonable now. I mean, we've done the books. We've tried real hard to stop. Right? We've tried real hard not to give in to that longing feeling to be loved, or into relationships we have in men, pre and extramarital sex, or pornography use, or other gratifying things, are just too hard to keep fighting. So what do we do? We compartmentalize it, like the confession says this morning. We just spiritualize it as something you know we don't touch. We compartmentalize it in the impossible world place, right? It's silly to fight it. It's crazy. we just humans, right? That's true. That's the problem. We are just humans. But we use that line to give in, to stop fighting. And I believe we expressed in the past that I can say without much of a shadow of doubt that this whole kind of porn slash sexual gratification industry is satanic, it's demonic, it's princely, it's evil, it's heavy, it's powerful, it's irresistible, it's wealthy, it's strong. And I, and along with it, you know, this whole body image, wrong plastic surgery kind of stuff. You, you, you know, if you're 40, you gotta look 20 for your husband to love you and, and all this kind of alteration body stuff. The stuff you see on the racks when you go, you know. You're not having a good sex life? Read these ten steps, right? Man, look at that woman on the front. Or look at that dude. On, man, that ain't me. You know, and, man. Don't watch any late night TV, right? What's it always about? You want to perform better, right? It's always some. It's like you're inundated with these feelings and thoughts. It's like a giant. Industry to make you lose, I mean, make you struggle with your sense of worth and dignity, and even make you seek things that you don't need. You know, call me tonight. We're waiting, right? You're lonely? Down now on the party line. Billboards and all kind of stuff. It's powerful and dark and evil. So much so that like these princes, it takes the very name of the place we live as if it's rightly residing there and okay. And it makes sense that in its face that you and I should immediately faint or fold or give in or run or hide, but not be able to stand against the powers at work, not in everything, but in much of this world, your struggle and your strength and your moral resolve alone will fail you. Because this thing, some things are bigger than you. As Daniel prays for the liberation and redemption of his people, I mean, I'm sure these people leaving Babylon carrying all kind of idols, all kind of stuff they picked up along the way, all kind of ways of thinking how they should live and do their government. They back now. This is, a, this is a new Israel we plant now. Yeah, this, we, we've been away. We learned some things from the Babylonians and Persians. We're going to do a new thing up in here, carrying all kind of bondages and, and issues and perversions back home. And Daniel's praying, and the angel lets him and us get a vision of the immensity and power of spiritual warfare involved. But with it, realize that with all of the spiritual world that is bigger than Daniel is, God has sent help that is bigger than he is. We see, we see Gabriel's and the man's goal here. That Daniel is touched, so that he can no longer sleep. The Bible says, but wake up and be strengthened, and see and hear about the help that God has sent His way. In Gabriel's case, in the way of angels, of spiritual beings there to struggle for and t- for God's people and strengthen God's people. I mean, listen to this angel's description of of why he was held up in answering Daniel in verse what what is this thirteen. Says here, but the P- Persian, prince of Persian of the Persian kingdom resisted me twenty-one days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now that's interesting. Not just the prince of Persia, but the king of Persia. Now, I'm understanding this to be the earthly king. Now, I wonder can an angel be detained by the king, an earthly king of Persia? And and now, then you have Michael being spoken about in the first verse of chapter 11 as needing protection and help. And Gabriel going to help him in verse 1 in chapter 11. What's going on here? I believe this. And it's the message about God's spiritual help for his people. It was God's people who were the, really the ones detained. It was God's people who really needed protection in the fight. Not the angels. So what Gabriel is saying is this. God has sent us angels to join you in your struggles. That we are there to struggle for. And with you and and what we as human beings struggle with against your human evil kings and rulers and powers against your dangers. We have joined ourselves to help you. If you're detained... We're going to be detained with you and, and, and struggle to get you out of it. If you need protection, we're going to put ourselves in a position where we can be harmed. Too. We're going to put ourselves, we're going to bind ourselves with you. This is what we do. Now, I know it's crazy to talk about angels because angels been played out, man. Angels watching over me. And that song is corny, but the thing's right. Amy Grant was right. Right, Amanda? I know you love some Amy Grant. It's all right. (laughs) Hold it down for us 80s Christians. You know what I'm saying? Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, you know it. Go ahead. (laughs) Then you got the books on angels. And you you know you go to a Christian bookstore and you got that corny art with the angels standing over folk. You know how it is. Sometimes they fat little babies. Sometimes they, you know what I'm saying, y'all. God has sent spiritual help equal and overcoming and matched in power to those evil forces you are dealing with and can't get rid of that you're enslaved and abused by and keep you from the Lord. Gabriel said, in other words, Daniel, you might not see us, but we are with you in your darkness fighting against all the wars against you that you can't handle on your own. Amen. Georgia brought up Leon. Is that it? Leon? Leon? I can never say it right twice. L-I-A-N. Toombing. Missionary support of in her India. What is that? Uh, Eastern India? Close to China or something like that? Okay, so... And Giorgio asked him a question. He gave a presentation, y'all. Too bad we couldn't get him here today. Because I'd just sit down and let him talk and you'd get the point of the sermon. Because, you know, he's out there in Manipur and uh, it's kind of an unsettling, unsettled world of warlords and AK-47s and all that kind of stuff and rats overtaking everything. It's kind of a crazy world. So Giorgio asked him, well, Lynn, you know, how have you provided safety? Because he has an orphanage of almost 300 kids in a school and all, how have you provided safety from the rebels that live in the woods and can come in and take everything, right? What have you done? And it was funny because you know we in this country, we expected the brother to say some things. He gets a serious look on his face. Well, you know, this is what we've done. Um, We prayed, and there's an angel on this part of our, you know, bedpost here, and this part of our bedpost, and You know, on the perimeter, we've asked that the Lord put some here. And um, it's a little weak on this side, so we've asked the Lord to strengthen with some more angels over here. And um, so we're safe. (laughs) And I'm sitting there like, let's raise some money for this missionary nut. I, mean, I thought I was crazy, my kind of church planting faith man. This dude has truly lost his mind, right? An angel fence? Like he talked about it like it was real. He, he was describing it as like he can see that thing, right? I'm like, what? What y'all drinking over there in that country, man? You you seen angel fences, man? Let's let's raise some money for a fence, some dogs, some lights. Some ADT, some kind of, because this brother's nuts. No, you know, I wonder what's wrong with him. He's crazy. No, I am the one who is running or sleep to what is true. Because what's his point? The point of this Daniel counter that there are truly spiritual forces on our behalf in place struggling for real against all that can really harm us. And you thought it was the extra ten thousand you paid for that safe car. But there are godly spiritual forces that stand against the evil ones that drive, the, he believes this, that drive the hearts and hands that would pull the trigger and rape and pillage and extort. And this brother stands strong in that. Like I said, his eyes believed it. He wasn't playing. He wasn't smiling. He wasn't trying to make a Christian joke. He wasn't trying to be super spiritual. He's living it. Standing in it. And he moves among rebel forces. AK-47s in his face. Tell him to preach the gospel for three hours. God has sent his angels to strengthen us that we can be strong like crazy Leon, right? right. Look what happens after Daniel faints from the power of the super priest. The angel comes and lifts him and stands him up and touches his tongue. Look, look, look. Or maybe it's the priest. There's some confusion here. But look what happens. Verse 10. A hand touched me and set, set me, trembling on my hands and feet. He said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you. And stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. And then in verse 15, it says this, while he was saying this to me, I bowed my face toward the ground, was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and I am helpless. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, O man, highly esteemed, he said. Peace, be strong now. Be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened. He said, And I said, speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. So he said, hear this now. Do you know why I have come to you? Well, no, I'm sorry. Listen again to that last verse, sorry. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Speak, my Lord. Let me listen. Let me hear. Since you've given me strength. Strength to speak. Then strength to listen and see. He gives Daniel strength to fight. Strength to, to to exercise his faith and get grace from the Lord, right? In Ephesians passage we read from, let me read the whole thing to you quickly. It says, finally, remember strength and strong, finally, be strong. In the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so, 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 that you, so, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand... On all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the saints. Now, I grew up, we used to have the armor of God little thing. Well, you know, we had the Christian family for Christmas, got the armor of God, right? Helmet and all this. It's a good illustration. It's a good perception. But let me break it down quick for y'all. God has sent spiritual help so that we can fight. And by fight I mean, as this scripture uh, tells us, is expressing, to continue to struggle, to continue to struggle as Daniel has been in prayer and scripture reading and hearing the word of God and confessing your sin and fellowship and stuff like the Lord's supper and yes, going to the women's longing Bible study and worshiping and seeking Lord to stand, to not run, not call things silly and stupid, to struggle. To not give in or call things impossible to overcome or impossible to challenge or impossible to change that are hard and harsh. To not just faint and run away from the deep problems of this broken world and its demonic and crazy governments and institutions and terrorisms and sexisms and racisms and besetting sins can bring. But to be strengthened. I mean, that means given faith by God's help to, like I said, be crazy like Leah and see and believe that God can help you and struggles with you and is your strength and your power against all things and everything this seen and unseen world can bring. (sighs) Folk, we've given up struggling. We need to pray, Lord, strengthen us. Touch my lips. Lord, send ministering help. Spiritually touch me so I can be raised up through the Lord's Supper, through the preaching, through the Scripture. Send your Spirit to me, help me be strong enough to hear and listen and pray and keep believing. Because I can't. On my own. As this angel strengthens and struggles, Daniel, but... Only because, and this angel strengthens and struggles with the angel, but only because and as the Lord himself is in the struggle for the souls of his people. And I'm going to finish here. Remember that? captain was taken by the pirates recently off the coast of Somalia. And when they sniped the pirates, captured the other one, freed the captain, I was excited, boy. Because I was, you know, worried about what was going to happen. And this is what the newspaper says. Obama said yes to the strike. Obama takes care of the pirates. What? He wasn't over there. He was up in the White House. When we talk about September 11th, what do we say, right? Osama bin Laden is the one who did September 11th. He didn't fly no planes. He's still alive somewhere in Afghanistan. Somewhere. What's going on here? The angels are but a subset of God's full administration to keep you safe and strengthen and be and do what he does and promises to do himself. It makes sense that we have the super priest vision here first. When Daniel prayed, guess who shows up as an answer to his prayer? Not the angel! The Lord! Understand this. So it is the Lord who answered and that it is the Lord who is the answer to Daniel's prayer or that it was the Lord who is the answer to Daniel's prayer who actually orders the angels. Daniel isn't telling the angels what to do. He's praying to the Lord and the Lord joins like a priest would with his people in their struggles and their issues. He says, Daniel, I got the eyes that like torches. I can see it and my face is towards you and I feel your issue and I feel detained and I struggle with my people. Now, angels, go take care of Daniel and my people. What this vision says is this Jesus sees every part of your struggle in the physical. He has the power and ability to bear it and power to change things in your world. He has the power to order spiritual beings around to join up with you. He has the power to tell spiritual beings to make a fence around your house. Our Lord wants you to know in our impossible, invisible spiritual struggle, He's our priest. And some of you Catholic folk understand a little better. But going and confessing your issues and your problems to your priest. And it is he who bears our issues on him who takes our struggles personally. That he is the answer and the one powerful enough to overcome all that binds you and retains you and buries you and blinds you and scares you and scars you and challenges and seeks to end you. He knows it all and feels it all and has the power like it did to Daniel to make sin and Satan wilt in the face of his power. So with confidence, stand, fight, pray, break, cry, seek Him out, read, call on His name, Jesus, relinquish your often irrelevant need to know and control. You have a high priest who with love And concern for you has lightning in his face and fire in his eyes and a voice that can move heaven and earth and history and circumstance for you. While Persia might have a prince, while Greece might have a prince, while this world's powers and all your sin issues might seek to rule you and lord over you and shame you and make you run scared or give up or, or fall down or, or give in or, or call good bad and bad good. Seeking to be the prince of your life. Remember you have, and for those of you who aren't believers, can have the king. And King Jesus, our super priest, he has you. He has you. Man, it's easy to get all caught up and crazy in your mind about all the demons and all that stuff going on. Jesus has you. So stand and pray and struggle rightly. This thing's bigger than you, but you've got a Lord who's bigger for you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, there's much we can't change in our own power, in our own strength, in our own knowledge, in our own ability, in our own moral tries. There is so much unseen, so much to be afraid of if our eyes would be open, swimming around and flying around and doing all kinds of things, fighting and battling. Help us to stand in this knowledge. We stand before a priest, Jesus, the Lord of lords and King of kings. Who already stands before and for us. Help us to see him. Touch our, touch us, touch our lips. Help us to speak in prayer and adoration. Help us to listen and believe what your book, your word, has to say. To stand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.